Welcome to TechPoint Foundation for Youth's STEMcast, sponsored by Roche. Each episode, we sit down with an expert in the STEM industry to get the answers to questions students like me want to know. Roche Diagnostics is a proud sponsor of the STEMcast. Roche Diagnostics has been a part of the Indianapolis landscape since 1964. More than 4,000 employees work to provide insights that help people around the world manage and improve personal health conditions, leading in the development of diagnostic products for cancer, cardiac health, infectious diseases, women's health, and diabetes management. Roche is a proud supporter of TechPoint Foundation for Youth and the Advancement of STEM Education. Today, we're chatting with Lee from Lumivate. Let's begin. little bit about you. What do you do? What's your background? Where have you come from? Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Um, my background is really in communication. So I actually went to school for a journalism degree and spent several years as a reporter uh, and then moved over to the dark side of PR and led marketing and PR and communication efforts for a variety of organizations, uh, both in size and type. So for-profit, large enterprises globally, and then fast-growing scale-up size organizations. That's fantastic. So tell me a little bit about Lumivate. Like, what do you do? What does your business do, I guess? Yeah. So my current position is uh, Director of Customer Success for Lumivate. And I've had the pleasure of being a part of the Lumivate team for over two years now. In my current role, it is, you know, working with clients, obviously, but it extends to so much more. It is thinking through the entire customer experience, be it providing them with help content, with training, making sure that the customers have the resources they need to be successful to learn the Lumivate platform. And Lumivate is a a SaaS company that enables marketers to build applications in a scalable way. So without any code, it lets you come in, build apps. And that requires some training uh, and education. And my team oversees all of that. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that exists because personally, I'm not good at coding at all. So if you could recommend a class or a course of studies in high school or even middle school, I guess, what non-technical class would you recommend students take? Yeah. So I think that no matter what traditional education opportunities you have in the classroom, there's so many online resources and books, never overlook your local library. But I would really say that anyone of any age needs to learn about other cultures customs and religions. I had the opportunity to take two courses in college that really opened up my perspective. The first was a course on religions of the world. And actually, one of the best assignments that our professor gave us was to attend religious services from other beliefs. So it provided this different view for me, uh, not just reading about it or learning in a classroom, but really experiencing it. And then the other was I got the opportunity to learn about cultural customs. And I think that together, it just, it creates in your mind a space for understanding where others come from. And it's that idea of seek to understand rather than be understood. And once you understand that there is a lot of commonality between us, even though we might have different cultures and customs and backgrounds, there's so much more that unites us. And I think today more than ever, uh, people need to know that. Yeah, for sure. Kind of going off of that, 
What is something you remember learning in school that you thought you'd never have to use in the real world, but now you actually do use in your job on a daily basis? Yeah, great question. Uh, it comes up often, but you know, I took a lot of the required math courses and I am more of an English person than a math person. So I was hoping I would never have to use it, but uh, statistics and logic are two that come up pretty frequently. So in the tech space, you know, you're going to have bugs. There's going to be some flaw in the code and some issue. And so with my role, I have to work with customers who report these bugs from time to time. And looking at the data, looking at statistics, being able to dissect things in a logical way to really uncover what the problems are and communicate those not only to our own internal teams so they can fix them, but communicate it back to our customers. So that surprisingly takes a good amount of logic and organization and logistics that I otherwise wouldn't have thought was necessary in this kind of role. So coming from a background in marketing, how does working in STEM or in a tech company, how does that differ from the role you thought you would be in? There's a lot of variety. So no two days are the same, which works for my personality type whether you're jumping on some issues or bugs or things that you have to fix for a customer or you're working to implement a customer or onboard them, there's a lot of variety. There's also this opportunity to stay ahead of technology. And so really consuming what's happening in the tech space, Lumivate in particular. So our product depends a lot on other people's technology. So we produce apps that are viewed in a web browser. So that means we have to stay up on what Chrome and Safari are doing with their own software. It means that we have to know what's happening in the hardware space. So when iPhone releases a new device size and type, in addition to the new iOS, so their operating system, when they update that, all of that has implications on our world. So In the STEM space, you really have to stay up on other people's technology to make sure your technology is going to work and has a place there tomorrow. That is very different from maybe some other more traditional worlds. But I would even say what you're seeing now is everything is tech, right? Tech drives almost every single industry. So it's not uncommon that you do have to stay very aware of what's happening, even tangential to your own company's space. For sure. So if you could go back several years to your high school or middle school or elementary school career or even college, what piece of advice would you give yourself now that you see where you are and have more experience? Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, I think looking back and being able to talk to your younger self would be such an amazing gift. I think what I would tell myself is be kinder to yourself. Take it slower. I am an ardent type A personality, right? I love to be right. Uh, I want to be perfect in everything that I do. And I hold myself to an extremely high standard. And that can be exhausting. Uh, And I think that looking back, I would have told myself, you have a long stretch. Enjoy the journey. Don't push yourself so hard. Um, I think, you know, striving for that C-suite, the, you know, the chief operating officer, the chief executive officer level, that can come. It doesn't need to come before you turn 30. (laughs) If it does, that's okay. And if it doesn't, that's okay. So I think so much we put pressure on ourselves and you'll see it with, you know, 20 under 20 and 30 under 30 and 40 under 40 awards. 
And I'll tell you, those people have accomplished a lot, but there's plenty of people who are 60 who are starting companies and doing really awesome stuff. And there's no, there's no loss in waiting. Yeah, for sure. What is your favorite part about working in the STEM industry? What really draws you in and captivates you to what you do on a daily basis? So my favorite part, I think we touched on a little bit, is just the variety. Um, Every day can be completely different, and that really works for me. So I think that specifically if you're looking at or ever interested in getting involved in a startup, you have to be able to deal with wearing a lot of hats. Controlled chaos is what we talked about a lot internally. It is just there's always going to be something. Something is going to have a bug. Something's going to be broken or not quite right, or you won't have all the data because you're laying the track as the train's coming down, right? You're trying to figure it out day by day. That really works for a certain type of personality. And I have that personality. Um, and I would say that the team that we've built at Lumivate very much embraces that kind of controlled chaos. It means that you have to have strong communication skills and work well together. Um, so there's this daily, and I say this with a lot of love, there's this daily fight, right, of making something work, making this company grow and be amazing and be what you ultimately have a vision of it becoming. And what I love about it is I get to work with other people that have that same passion. You have this team and you're in the trenches with them, but you also have an independent role where you get to see your own contribution pay off. And to me, that's really exciting. When you're in a large enterprise, which I have been, you're one of many. I mean, I worked for an enterprise organization that we had, I think it was close to a 60-person marketing team, and I was one person. Like, if I didn't show up, nothing was missed, right? It, it just, there's so many other people. Whereas when you're in a smaller team, you're a larger percentage. And I enjoy that piece of it. What was your first introduction to STEM? How did you find the industry and get captivated into it? Oh, goodness. My first introduction to STEM probably came later in my life than what it is today for you know those in school. STEM wasn't necessarily a buzzword or a thing that was talked about when I was in middle school or high school. You started to see it more, I think, maybe in the last 15 years, I would say, uh, certainly within the last 10 And, you know, a few years ago, I got the opportunity, uh, I was running my own freelance consulting firm, and I was consulting with a nonprofit in town called Next Tech, who helps educate teachers on how to be STEM educators, seeing that work, talking with them and learning the stats and how important this is and understanding the importance of rallying around uh, a buzzword like STEM. Uh, and what that meant to teachers and giving a name to a space that is going to create careers for our youth coming up. That was really my first aha moment, I would say, to it. And then as I started to learn more about it, the more I became a proponent of STEAM and making sure that the arts are included, I think the data would prove that when you have arts as extracurricular and part of your core curriculum, Students are more imaginative, they are more engaged, they feel expressive. And when you see technology and art combine, it is the most beautiful thing. It's what brings a brand to life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just talking about STEAM a little bit. I know like even in my school right now, they're switching everything from STEM to STEAM. So to you, 
why does art play such a big role? Because I completely agree with that statement, that claim that art should be a part of the STEM industry because it's critical to every, like every role, really. So in your job, in your career, how does art play a role? The most tangible example that I can give this audience, I think anyone in the US, it is the iPhone. And so when you look at the iPhone and the iPad for that matter, it's very intuitive, right? It's a touch screen and it's it's extremely sleek and it's UI and UX. So the user experience and that user interface that they've designed, and that took designers. But then iPhone and Apple took it a level further into what we now term the unboxing experience. So it's that moment when you get your new phone or your new iPad and you take it out of the box. The way that they have everything individually wrapped, the messaging, that crisp, white, clean look to it, all of that was extremely thoughtful. And that took an art director. And that's somebody who probably has an appreciation for the technology, but certainly knows and they have an eye for the design. And so the marrying of those two is so critical to the success of any technology. That's what's really, I think, encouraged me to talk to and work with young folks is don't shun the arts. And when I say arts, I mean writing, uh, reading, uh, visual arts, audio arts. It all excites your brain and gets you thinking about something in a different way. What is one step that you would recommend students now, whether that be middle schoolers or high schoolers or even elementary schoolers, what would you recommend they do now to get in those positions and learn the communications or the skills that you're going to need in a career like yours? Yeah. Um, there's one quote that I love and I use on my kids all the time and they roll their eyes at me, but it is hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. Yeah. And I wholeheartedly believe that. So no matter what your God-given innate skills are, if you want to work hard enough, that's what most employers care about. I mean, certainly we care about technology skills and the education, right? And But it is the passion and that hard work that you can put in. Because here's the dirty little secret about technology. What is today is not guaranteed tomorrow. Technology is moving so fast that we need people who are willing to put in the effort to continually stay ahead, educate themselves, and continually upskill themselves. 30, 40 years ago, most systems were written on cobalt. Today, that's a joke, right? And so there's constantly new languages that are being developed. There's new ways of thinking about technology. There's new ways that technology even works together, right? In the scheme of things, the internet is pretty darn young. So I think when you look at from, you know, middle school to high school, what can you do to set yourself up? Prove that you're willing to work hard. And then when you're given those opportunities, whether it's through an internship or, you know, a friend of the family has you meet folks at some company or whatever that introduction is, seize on it and then be personal. My personal recommendation is never take anything for granted. A handwritten note goes a long way. And I will tell you in my career, we by and large have hired folks who have written a thank you note after a meeting. And it's, it's that low tech. There's no technology. It was just took the time and that thoughtfulness because ultimately people are going to invest in those that put forth that effort that they want to work with. 
All right, so now we open up the mic to our guest so she may share about any current projects within her organization or fun little facts that she'd like to share. Well, thank you first of all for having me on and and having these important discussions. Um, You know, I would invite anyone listening to head to lumivate.com, check out what we're doing. It is a really cool tool where you can actually sign up for a free account uh, and play with the idea of building an app. And we publish these as a progressive web app, which is a very cool standard that allows you to publish an app and it can be accessed across any device uh, without an app store download. So when you talk about the future of technology, I think this is something that any young tech-minded entrepreneur uh, should be aware of. And thanks so much for having me on. Thank you to Lee from Lumivate for joining us today. She taught us about the importance of art as it relates to STEM. We hope you learned something new. If you would like to learn more about TechPoint Foundation for Youth and the thousands of students we serve in Indiana or the programs we provide for STEM education, please visit techpointyouth.org.